the promise of a new season and hidden messages for our time. With that comes hope, desire, and wisdom for a new year, the year of 2024. Hi, I'm Lori Wheeler and a transformational holistic practitioner. I've been thinking about this uh, for a while. This is actually something that seems to come in and out since I did uh, the retreat to um, south of France and Glastonbury this past August. But what's coming up for me during this holiday time, and today is the winter solstice, um, more often we think about these three wise men. You know, they were called wise men for a reason because these men were master alchemists. And the story we're most familiar with is their journey across the desert following the guidance of the stars, which were more likely the angels of light leading them to the birth of a new king. Think about it. Why would these three men and supposedly there were three men, but there may have been actually more, uh, as some stories are told. Why would they travel all the way across the desert following something that is just light in the sky, the angels coming to them? This was not any ordinary king, a king not of this world one who brings with him the dawn of a kingdom of new consciousness. And from a lay person's perspective, we see him as gifted with many capabilities. We know of his story and the untold stories. So to understand the birth of Jesus, who is a star being, the wise men bestowed upon this infant their magical gifts to help assist this baby Jesus through the threshold of his birth. And this is a special threshold because he was bringing his capabilities and a new consciousness. This was to assist him in connecting with his star consciousness. So they brought gold because it carries the power of true kingship. And I might just add a note here that there are extraterrestrials or interdimensionals that know how important gold is. Um, and I speak about uh, meeting an extraterrestrial as they were uh, extracting gold from the earth on another particular podcast that I talk about frankincense because it's for the power of priesthood and myrrh because it uh, has the power of the great mother who bears witness to suffering and death and i think about this with my own children at times and not that it's anywhere near close to what the great mother went through but i look to her in great awe and she has great wisdom to share in this suffering of her son. 
It may be that uh, these wise men recognized the new king and possibly were aware that his path was going to be of suffering and early death. They were clued in. And shamans recognized birth and death as initiations. Um, and I've worked with uh, <clears throat> several shamans. And in shamanic journeying, we understand that birth and death, they go hand in hand. So this past August, I brought a retreat to, like I said, Glastonbury in south of France, where I had a much more profound realization of what Jesus, or what we call Yeshua, symbolizes the initiation or birth of a new consciousness. And the child, he as the child on the lap of Mother Mary, is just this. This is a symbol of the beginning or initiation into a new way of understanding. So this is truly what the winter solstice represents, <clears throat> the birth of a new consciousness a new awareness and understanding. The birth of the sun represented in the story as a sun, I think that's um, very symbolic. And it can, uh, when you look at it in it from a certain way, it can be seen also through the tree of life, um, which became very apparent to me also when we were in south of France for this retreat and following the Magdalena footpath. So the birthing of a new consciousness, it takes place at the top of the tree. It's the threshold of birth and the gateway where souls enter upon birth and a place where we return upon death, whether it be physical or by initiation. This happens also, when we do soul regression, it sometimes begins an initiation when we open the door into another uh, timeline and the door is significant in that opening. It opens us to the challenge ahead to let the work begin. The opening of this door into these sacred chapels and basilicas which mark the transition from the secular world to the sacred world where rituals are performed and where breath, the breath, our breath, is shared with the heavenly. And I realized much more of this when I was there this August. So <clears throat> I'd like to uh, just talk a moment about initiations. And usually when an initiation happens, it's... It's been <laughs> initiated for a while prior to the happening. I could feel this before holding this retreat. It would talk to me for months prior. It would call to me. It beckoned me like we know when the deep soul calls, you must answer and walk in the door. The ritual acts often represent the transition from one step to the next up the ladder of initiation. And the power of initiation will lead the seeker into new insights. It always happens when your door is open. And in our society, we've moved away from the time when a person was initiated. We have no initiations for young people. And when I was looking for this type 
of happening when my youngest son was of that age, it was quite difficult to find anything that could bring him from one point to another over this threshold. I write about this in my book about the search and how I found the answer um, in my book, Oh No, Not Another Learning Experience, A Metamorphosis. So in many parts of the world, there are so many hidden symbols which tell a story and also connect one to the other uh, and around the world. And south of France is no exception. In one particular chapel in Rain-le-Chateau, there were many symbols. Only one need look around or stand for a few moments to hear them speak to you. Many in particular speaking about initiation. And so I'm just going to mention a couple right now. So the entrance uh, to this chapel in Rennes-le-Chateau and the Eye of Horus. It's, you know, this story of Yeshua and he and Mary Magdalena. It connects to uh, Egypt. It connects to Horus and Thoth and Isis. In fact, in this area of the UK, of France, there is a statue that is of Isis. And the connection, like I say, are are many. So um, this, you know, this Eye of Horus symbol, the soul could be interpret um, an interpretation of the ultimate aim, which is to influence your thoughts in the right direction. And these people who built this chapel, this was their direction to hide in plain sight. And if you were open enough, you would be able to see the symbols and they would lead you into this clear understanding because it was a tumultuous time back then when the Cathars and and those that were in true understanding, uh, they uh, had difficulty back at this time upholding their beliefs um, because they were so ridiculed and tortured and killed. So is it a conscious move on the part of the unknown persons who lived in this place, who placed these Uh, symbols here. A message that is well hidden and also forgotten. The six-pointed star is another one, um, and it has a comet tail with a sign that reads Lumen in Coelho, which means the light in the sky. And that's a representation of the unification of the earth and the heavenly through this six-pointed star. The star is shaped like a flower, which consists of two triangles that symbolize, uh, respectively, water and fire, a female and the male element. And this holds the knowledge of the union of the opposites, hidden between night and day, the passive and the active, between the mystical and that which is based more on knowledge. A person can sense a longing for reunification. Um, In other words, that Adam and Eve might be reunited and then together overcome death. 
um, also this is uh, depicted through uh, Yeshua. And today the sign of the cross, which many of us do not perform, uh, this was performed using salt water for the holy water as a preliminary cleansing and at the same time an initiator of the alchemical process. Salt is a very um, used as an alchemical process in many ways. Um, and it, the salt symbolizes wisdom and thus uh, Sophia which uh, dates back as the beginning uh, woman of wisdom, of her loving support throughout the process. Salt also acts as something that preserves. Um, when I lived on uh, uh, Native Burial Ground in New York State and the work was completed to help those cross over um, at that time, I had been brought in to cross over these souls that were left um, in, in the middle stage, uh, wandering the land. Um, and when we wanted to seal the land, the, the shaman that came in to help me was uh, using or asking me to use salt to seal. So it's a preservative, it's a sealant, it's used in so many ways. And the journey through the physical tests towards the spiritual, to reach the spiritual at a later stage, is what the pilgrim's journey really is all about. The long journey that leads towards a person's inner temple, towards the center where the six-pointed flower is found. So, based on the Pythagorean school of thought, which was based on Egyptian knowledge, is on the creation of the mother of all numbers, the circle, the flower, two being the dual world, three, a symbol of the heavenly. We know so many things come in threes, uh, and we know it is the heavenly speaking to us. The triune, the three-pointed triangle. Four, which is the earthly. So the structure is repeated multi-times in this one little chapel uh, and creates a rare unity. This was a special chapel and I could feel it when I stood in the middle and allowed it to speak. It was speaking very quietly, and who showed up was Yeshua, and all his glory, uh, beautiful, beautiful energy that would speak to me. Um, it was very strong. It was bold. It was, it touched me deep in my soul, and we all felt this um, and it brought up so much that many things just in their own beautiful natural organic way happened after it was a very amazing place and so there's another symbol um, i'd like to point out that is was in this chapel which is the ankh the key of isis 
and it's the Ankh cross, the symbol of life, and over the head of Yeshua. It is the key uh, to the esoteric world, and it opens doors. And again, it represents the union of the male and the female. The cross itself expresses the masculine and the oval, the feminine. And this is depicted in the pulpit where Yeshua standing in the heavenly arch on the base, the symbol of the tree of life again. And it's depicted in many times, this tree of life. Um, actually, the cross also. And he's in touch with the word, the word, the word that creates all the word of what we'll call God or source or whatever you call it, the common breathing. And here, the sun sets in the grail. The male and the female are united in the symbol of life. And, and this grail being the holy grail, the, that which carries the blood, the blood of Yeshua that brings what is known as everlasting life, which is the truth. It's just, it just goes around. You can feel the circle and how it continues to go around um, in the understanding. So here, heaven is the active principle and the spiritual, while earth is the passive principle and the material. And these are united with divine wisdom to reach a closer understanding of the truth and and the ascension the ascension being the ultimate goal in this um, the ritual looks very much like the one Horus and Tahuti perform when they pour two streams of the water of life over the uh, neophyte and um, this is depicted in Egypt, and Horus is depicted as the falcon symbol of the seeking soul, and Tehuti with his um, ibis mask represents the wisdom which is the soul has acquired during the initiation. So much initiation involved in all of this, and this is why I wanted to talk about this today. So, um, you know, we, we begin the unraveling, really literally, a piece of, uh, you know, when something unravels, when, you know, <laughs> when you can pull it apart and you see it starts to come apart, these things that uh, unravel within us, these old truths, no matter what they be, beliefs of sorts, that no longer serve us or, or that we are coming to understand a greater truth underneath. And then we bring our awareness to what is emerging in our lives. It connects to that and we name, we embrace, uh, we listen, we, we cultivate and nurture to the needs of what is emerging. And within the darkness, we patiently wait. We wait for the whispers, for the way it speaks to us. We often, in our meditation or quiet time, we sit in stillness uh, so that we don't miss these little quiet, subtle things that come in, these stirrings of sorts. 
these tiny seeds that plant themselves that we find in the really dark corners of these sacred dark places within ourselves. So this, this time that we're in is, this is what we call the season of hope. And as we walk into winter being the time where we go within and we reflect and we look in those dark corners, this is like the dark night of the soul. And the thread of light that we know exists in our world is the light of hope and our own inner faith that the light comes in and it returns to bring us out of the darkness. And having been in the cave of Merlin, Merlin's cave in Tintagel in England, this past August, we were there, uh, part of the retreat I was doing, we did a meditation to the dragon and going deep within the cave, the womb, the depth of the soul, the dragon brings us protection. It brings us the ancient hope and light and understanding. It brings so much that you can see the light in the darkness. And this is our journey this season, descending into the depth of the cave of our womb, and finding what lays unconscious there and awakening those gifts, those understandings that have been laying dormant. We unravel that which no longer serves and we let go. We work at letting go. We make it an intention and desire. And then comes the light and the sun of consciousness. The light returning brings for just a moment clarity. It's, it's almost like when there's a storm and a bolt of lightning shatters and it illuminates the depth of darkness. It's a moment where, where we experience that aha and it, it connects and, and creates a connection, an initiation that brings the new to be held and, and cultivated and nurtured through the winter months. So today and in these winter months and in this time, we, we want to pause in our life just for a moment or a time in your meditation or a time that comes to a more conscious awareness during these holy times, this holy night, this special night, this night that in all its glory, the heavens open up and the angels sing. And we can feel what emerges. I hope you'll honor the darkness and bring in the light. Namaste. Much light and 
a thousand blessings to you in this time. And so it is. Aha. Uh-huh.